Dr. Carol Swain, welcome back to the C.L. Bryan Show. How are you? I'm doing great, but don't call me a comrade again. <laughs> uh, only you, Carol. <laughs> All right. I will not. My good friend, <laughs> Carol, that is that, you know, I should know better than that. <laughs> I really should. I don't, I don't want anything reminding me of the Marxist takeover of America. Oh, my goodness. You're absolutely right. I must strike that from my vocabulary <laughs> altogether uh, until after the election. And then I guess we can go back to being comrades again. I don't know. But anyway, uh, when Trump wins. But, Carol, there's something going on. In this country right now, and it was going on in our own government. The president spoke up against it. Uh, critical race theory. Talk to us about uh, the evil of that and what is that? Define it for us. First of all, it goes uh, back to the 1930s, and it's a concept that was developed by German philosophers that fled Germany after Hitler came to power. They set up residence at Columbia University where they taught, you know, probably a couple of generations of American students who fanned out across the country. And critical race theory, as opposed to traditional theory, tries to explain what's happening in the world. Critical theory tries to dismantle the institutions that exist. And the goal is to free people from oppression and to create a society where everyone thrives and lives happily ever after. It has utopian goals, but it's rooted in Marxism because those German philosophers that fled Germany, they were Marxists, and they uh, got out of Hitler's way because, um, you know, fascism and Marxism didn't mesh too well. Right. Right. You know, uh, when we is 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 this, Carol, what we are seeing then? A lot of people say, oh, it's not, it's, 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 but is this what we're seeing on the streets of some of our American cities? Is this it? Absolutely. I mean, critical critical theory itself is what was developed in the 1930s. And then in the 1980s, uh, scholars like Derek Bale, Richard Delgado, Kimberly Crenshaw, they developed the concept of um, critical race theory and intersectionality. Intersectionality comes from uh, Kimberly um, Crenshaw. And with critical race theory, it divides, you know, the world into oppressors and victims. The oppressors are white people. It argues that racism is permanent, that whiteness is property, and that the only way that white people can absolve themselves of their guilt is that they have to divest themselves of their whiteness and become anti-racist. And becoming an anti-racist uh, is different from not being a racist because they say it's not good enough for you individually to not be a racist. Uh, you have to do something actively against racism or homophobia or misogyny or whatever it is you have to actively engage against it. And so some of those misguided white fools that you see on the street with Antifa and with Black Lives Matter, they consider themselves anti-racist because they are destroying property, they're tearing down monuments, they're burning buildings, and they see that as, uh, at least they would want us to believe that they see it as helping our society and helping black people, 
airspace, making it work for everyone, and it's tied to their Marxist goals, uh, critical race theory, and the Marxism behind it is a global movement designed to bring down the United States of America and change our way of life, and they're doing it quite effectively. Eminent Dr. Carol Swain is my guest. She and I are, are we happen to sit on the same advisory board uh, for the present black voices for Trump. We're both, of course, a part of black evangelicals for Trump as well. And, um, you know, Carol, when you were talking, it made me think that <clears throat> to ask this question, is it possible that the mayors in these cities who are letting them burn to the ground and telling their police officers to stand down, have they been infected then with this critical race theory? And uh, where where did they get infected with it, if, if so? Well, anyone that's gone to major colleges and universities have been exposed to it, and it's been taught. I went to uh, graduate school in, in the 1980s, and it was being studied uh, and taught by Marxist professors. But then later, you saw that there were professors who were not Marxist professors, but the concepts had integrated themselves into the curriculum. And so political correctness, microaggressions, safe spaces, trigger warnings, all of those crazy things we were laughing at a few years ago, telling ourselves that wait until they graduate. Wait until they graduate. They're going to see the real world. Well, the joke was on us because they graduated. They got jobs at businesses and institutions. And what they did was take those ideas of Marxism and integrate them into policies and procedures that affect every facet of American life. And so the joke was on us. When it comes to the Marxists, that strategy that they have uh, encouraged involves deception, infiltration, and manipulation. And that it was a slow, gradual march, you know, through the institutions. And that uh, we're reaping um, the results of that. And so some of the mayors, and I would say like Mayor Cooper, my mayor here in Nashville, uh, the one that presented himself as a conservative and got elected with Republican votes, has been a tyrant and uh, uh, keeping the city shut down and all sorts of things. And I think that Marxism uh underlies his beliefs and that of most Democrats now who believe the ends justify the means. When we talk about Black Lives Matter, my special guest is Dr. Carol Swain. When we talk about um, Black Lives Matter, Carol, what type of deception is hidden in that phrase, Black Lives Matter? And why is it important that they make or try to make people say that. What, what, what's what's up with that from your perspective? There are a lot of things going on. For one thing, uh, Black Lives Matter is a slogan that is a true statement uh, in the way that all lives matter. And so it's a true statement that many white people and black people feel that, of course, we should affirm that Black Lives Matter. All lives matter but we were told that we can't say all lives matter because that's racist. But uh, it's a slogan that is also the name of an organization that was started by three black women. Two of them uh, described themselves as queer and trained Marxists. 
And, you know, you can read uh, studies and books about Marxism, and so you're a person that read a book or study about Marxism, that doesn't make you a trained Marxist. When someone tells me they're a trained Marxist, that gives me an imagery of someone that's actually gone to a camp somewhere right. <laughs> that has learned how to take the tactics and use them to achieve the Marxist goals. And so when they tell me, the organizers of Black Lives Matter, that they're trained Marxists, uh, that is not about advancing the goals of black people, but in their minds, it's about creating this utopian society where people are liberated and uh, they live happily ever after, which is rooted in secular humanism and Marxism, and it's a lie because every country that's tried Marxism and socialism, it's always been a miserable failure resulting in the deaths of millions of people. Is it then, uh, Carol, uh, incumbent upon us to be as vigilant as we possibly can? What are we looking out for, and why is it important that we reelect Donald John Trump? Well, first of all, I want to say that I applaud President Trump for uh, pointing out, ending the funding for the diversity, equity, training programs they have in the federal government uh, and pointing out that they are anti-American in their approach because they are steeped in critical theory. And what they could have done a better job of, this guy Russell Bort, uh did not do a good job of grounding his uh, directive in the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment and the Civil Rights Laws because they were on firm legal grounding to issue that directive. And I would say a lot of corporations and schools that are pushing that critical theory race agenda that they're in violation of the law, but no one's holding them accountable. And so what the president has done is important for all of our freedom and at least us closer to racial reconciliation. Uh, if we actually uh, uh, move away from diversity training towards unity training that respects the rights of all human beings, there is a better way to bring people together, and it certainly isn't what we've been doing with the highly paid $8 billion a year, $8 billion plus a year diversity industry. And Donald Trump, his reelection is important because he's the only person that has been able to stand up to the immigrant immigration people as well as the ones that are pushing a race agenda that's destroying America. Dr. Carol Swain, tell everyone how they can uh, get in touch with you. And listen, I was really pulling for you. I uh, was uh, telling friends there in the uh, Nashville area, the uh, um, not, uh, Tennessee area, that uh, they should uh, take a look. And I certainly hope that you take a look at running again, Carol. Uh, because oh no, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not called to do that. I'm called to do exactly what I'm doing now: right. writing and speaking. Then go I'm, for I'm, it. I'm, I've written. <laughs> you, you, you've written. You've written that horse already. I've written two uh, op-ed pieces. I hope uh, to find out today if one is highly published. Published in a, uh, a top journal today. And uh, how people can help me, there are a couple of things that I'm doing through my nonprofit. My nonprofit is Be the People Project. Be the People Project. I'm doing a national tribute to law enforcement on October 17th. That's a virtual conference 
that's free to everyone. And I would like people to sign up for that virtual tribute to law enforcement. Bob Woodson is the keynote speaker. Oh, yeah. And if you're in, and if you're in Tennessee, I'm also trying to do a screening of the Uncle Tom film. And to be able to do that, I need to uh, raise about um, $3,600. And so if you live in the area, if you could buy group tickets or if you want to donate to the nonprofit, uh, that would help me be able to uh, bring that film to Nashville and offer free tickets to people who need to see it. And that's just about everyone. Absolutely. And, uh, Carol, I do believe that you and my good friend Larry Elder are in uh, that film together. Um, folks, give, give, give the uh, web, the nonprofit again, where folks can uh, help you, send, send to help you bring the movie in. Uh, it's be the people nonprofit.com. Be the people nonprofit.com. If you forget that, go to my website, carolmswain.com. Click on nonprofit, and there you will see links to the movie screening as well as to the um, national tribute to law enforcement. And if you make a donation, uh, just make the donation, and I will be able to uh, apply it to, uh, to the needs. Absolutely. Carol, I want to thank you for coming on with me. You're always uh, insightful and uh, delightful and and, and, uh, certainly look forward to seeing you on the trail uh, here real soon. God bless you and God keep you. Continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. Again, thank you, Dr. Swain, for coming on. 